soundtrack tells me that we have to shape up and start saying nice things now that we are on the air. My name is Sean Boonstra. You are listening to Disclosure, brought to you by the good people at The Voice of Prophecy. I'm in studio today with two of my co-workers, one of them I'm married to, and the one I'm married to would not be Ruben Gomez. <laughs> right, Ruben? We're You're not, right about that. As far as I've checked, I yeah, looked no. at my marriage certificate, isn't you? So no. now that I have clarity, I am married to Jean, Jean Boonstra. Hi, and, good to uh, be here. Yeah, of course. Um, I am the host, so I get to say what happens on this show. Gene, you are a co-host, but producer of uh, Discovery Mountain, radio drama for kids. Mm -hmm. And, uh, of course, you are the producer here. You're the producer, Ruben, of this show and of Discovery Mountain and just about everything we send out the door, Mm -hmm. aren't you? But also, and you know what I'm going to do now, also the voice of... Jake Donovan. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. It is I'm a just... disaster. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you guys? You guys just did a massive, massive event for young people. We and did. I mean, I'm talking like, I don't, what ages were you at? It's a camporee for a, a youth organization known as the Pathfinders. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was a pretty big event, no? Oh, there were 55,000 people there, mm. not just all youth, that's everybody. Um, but it was, the Pathfinders are, you know, I don't, <laughs> off the top of my head, I don't know exactly. I think it's, isn't it like 10 to yeah, 16, 10 to 16 s- roughly, so. but... A and fifty five and fifty five thousand of them. Well, no, all yeah. the people. So then their leaders and, and a lot of times families came, but yeah, it was a big event. It that was is really not, fun. That is not for me. <laughs> I don't know. You guys were were you busy? Uh, just a bit. Yeah. I'd say. <laughs> now you set up I'd with say. the Discovery Mountain booth, and you guys did something cool there, didn't you? Like you brought Blue Birdie to life, which is mm-hmm. now Blue Birdie is the airplane in the Discovery Mountain drama series, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, didn't you bring her to life? We did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We had a flight simulator with Blue Birdie, and it was really neat, Sean, because we um, partnered with someone to create the actual program for the flight simulator. But then our team here, um, Palmer and Kyle and Ruben and Joel and Steve as well helped, built this amazing like curved screen and an actual seat that you could sit in and controls. And then like the outside of it looked like the front of of a real de Havilland beaver airplane. And Reuben was one of, uh, Reuben and Joel and director Doug from Discovery Mountain, they were actually assisting the kids and plenty of adults too, right? Uh-huh. Sure. <laughs> oh, the adults were lining up for this oh, one? Oh, yeah, yeah, the adults too, yeah. on how to fly the flight simulator. It was yeah. fun, wasn't it? You guys were so busy, oh, though. Oh, yeah, it was, yeah, so, I know there was hardly a, down, a moment for downtime. Mm-hmm. So they, they, they actually got to fly a plane with Jake Donovan? They did. Yeah, and I bet that, that was, was popular. It was amazingly popular, except for the one kid who said, I don't want to fly with Jake Donovan. That <laughs> <laughs> was really cute. Yeah. So this was done on a field in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, or an Oshkosh, airfield? Oshkosh, Wisconsin. Yeah, it's, what is it, the Whitman? Whitman Regional Airport. Yeah, yeah. Whitman yeah. Regional Airport. So um, the booths were in airplane hangars, and then the Pathfinders, most of them camped there. We stayed in a hotel. Yeah. Thank goodness. You big um, babies. <laughs> you big babies. Yeah. Did they have showers for 50,000 kids? Yeah, but that's what, when we were planning this event, that's what, like, was the tipping point. We're like, I don't want to fight for a shower and have to wait till 2 a.m. to have a shower. So our team all opted for a hotel. Oh. Well, you're working from, what, 7 a.m. to 10 p.m. at night? I don't Mm want to. Well, the introvert that I am, I am glad I did not go to that event. Crowds drive me right around the bend, and the older and crankier I get, the worse that gets. It's like, oh, no, give me my alone time. It was crowded. It wouldn't have been your thing. No, no, I did follow it, however, on 
social media. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Now, I was watching the tweets come out, and that's actually our topic today. We're going to talk about social media. But just before, Excellent. just before I do that, you know, I'm always like, I'm the Cliff Clavin of Christian radio. <laughs> Here's an interesting little known fact. Remember Cliff Clavin? Yep. Not promoting Cheers as a TV show or TV watching, mm-hmm. I guess. That but, was part of our childhood. But it was part of our mm-hmm. childhood, and he was the know-it-all. And I'm willing to be that today. Okay. I'm looking at a study. This came out this past spring, and it's a Canadian study. Uh, UBC, the University of British Columbia, that's where my younger brother went for his graduate work. Yep. He became a, that's right. a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Liar? Lawyer? Whichever lawyer. one that is. Yeah. <laughs> At UBC. And the study is 12% of Canadians want to be in an open relationship. In other words... 12%. Yeah, no, listen to this. Monogamy is not for everyone. Okay. <laughs> in fact, 12% of Canadians say they would ideally be in an open... So we're not talking 50-60%, but would a number like that surprise you? That surprises me. I would think it would be lower. Yeah, the sample mm-hmm. size was 2,000 Canadians. And I guess mm. you wacky Canadians, you are so liberal. But 12%. <laughs> it says the Canadian. <laughs> yeah, and 20% said they tried it. Interesting. Oh, my. One in five. You know what I find interesting about these things? It's kind of like soap opera. Soap operas, you know, turn on the, what's the filter that makes everything glow during a, a romance scene? Um, you know, it kind of goes a little into soft focus. Oh, and yeah, a, oh. the hand kind of thing. Or, yeah, and everybody's glowing, and the soft music starts, and they're having an affair. <laughs> what they don't show you is the broken home and the venereal disease. Mm-hmm. And the, For sure. Yeah, and the same here. This is like, oh, isn't this interesting? Let's try that out, but they don't show you the wounded people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Were these um, people that they surveyed married or just in relationships? 55% or? of them were married, 55%. Hmm. It's like, I don't know, what would you— if I were to approach you with that question, what would you think of an open marriage? How would, would that go down? Oh, not well. And I would assume you had somebody on the side you wanted to have an open <laughs> right? relationship with. I wouldn't why think else it are you would. Asking? Yeah, exactly. What else would prompt that? Right. Yeah, that what, question? Le- what legwork have you done? Yeah, exactly. Right? Like, why are you yeah, asking me this? Yeah. It doesn't show you the broken homes. It doesn't right. show you the wounded people. We know that you know when the Bible says that the two become one, and that you actually, Paul argues, don't go to prostitutes because it's a sin against your own body, and you actually become one with that person. We know mm-hmm. that that's actually true chemically now. Mm-hmm. Um, you emit oxytocin. Mothers do with their newborn babies. <laughs> and it builds a chemical bond, Mm -hmm. and sexual relationships do the same thing. There's a chemical bond between two people. Hmm. And when you mess with that, you know, they only present this article like, well, isn't that interesting? Really? There are are cases in the Bible. Obviously, we have some polygamy in the Bible. Mm -hmm. But take a look at how it goes down. It's never recommended. Mm -hmm. There are always huge repercussions Rachel and life. Leah how yes. did that go down yeah and yes. I don't know so there you go interesting factoid of the 12% of Canadians wow. want to add somebody to their marriage yeah. and mm. my counsel to you is stick with God's plan because that is not going to end well anyway not our topic really I was just mm-hmm. I sit here reading articles between you know did you find that article on social media I don't know. <laughs> yes, I did. There you go. You know, yes, I did. This is from my hometown newspaper, the Salmon Arm Observer, and oh. I follow them on social media. So, ta-da. Ta-da. <laughs> nice segue, Gene. In nice other news, segue. there's a newspaper called the what? Salmon Arm Observer. Never. You've never Salmon heard of Salmon Arm? Arm? No, I have not. <laughs> Salmon Arm, British Columbia. Okay, there's this lake. It's Shoe Swap Lake, and oh, it's, it's got a... four arms in the lake. Okay. It's a huge, it's got like a thousand kilometers, 600 miles of shoreline. And and it's H-shaped, so there's Seymour Arm and Salmon Arm. Oh, and I, wow. I, w- I want to say I grew up on Salmon Arm, 
but I failed to grow up on Sam and That's what actually <laughs> happened. And it was, for a while, the sonnet capital of the world. Really? really? Yeah, oh, because some, some, I think it was vodka company way back in the 80s, put out an ad. They saw this name of this town on a map and made fun of it. Oh. And they said, more people, more people drink I don't know if it was Seagram's or whoever. More people drink blank brand of vodka than write sonnets in Salmon Arm, British Columbia. Oh, and so, of course, funny. small town got up in arms. Oh, yeah. you can't diss us like that. And they started <laughs> opening a sonnet writing contest. And so they are now the sonnet capital of the world. Oh, that's funny. Wow. That's yeah. funny. You know, it's a beautiful town. Oh, Ruben. Oh, you it have really been there. Is. I did it's take beautiful. you there. Well, yeah. I went to meet your grandparents there back when... They were we still were, alive. <laughs> they were alive and we were still in our dating yeah. years. I took the kids to yeah. meet them after they were no longer alive. Right. We, yeah, we, we dropped by. a road <laughs> trip there to visit their resting place. Yeah. Yeah. And I have a cousin who lives there now. Did I tell you that? My cousin Deborah's living there now. No way. Yeah. Welcome yeah. to Salmon Arm, Deborah. Yeah. I hope you subscribe <laughs> to the Salmon Arm Observer. <laughs> yeah, that's go. the name of the paper. Salmon yeah. Arm Observer. I know okay. it sounds odd when people yeah. haven't heard of that town. Yeah. 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 No. I, I thought it was just, oh, there's a newspaper after a fish. Okay. Yeah, it kind of is. It kind of is. One of the world's big, I think the world's biggest salmon run is near there. Um, yeah, I, I think that's where it got You could just name, about walk right? across the river when the salmon are running mm -hmm. on their backs. It's, it's uncanny. So that's not our subject. We're going to talk about social media. We've done this already, Gene. Uh, you and I have talked about social media and how Christians relate to it in right. the world that we live in. Right. And I know that you guys in the control room are doing that or having a discussion of your own. So I hauled our producer in here because I want to pick up that discussion a little bit and talk about social media and give you a chance to air your opinions. I don't know. What do you love? I mean, that's one thing Gina and I talked about. But what are the things you appreciate about social media and what are the things that kind of turn you off, Ruben? You know, it's funny because I've always been a tech yeah, you really nerd, have. Like from yeah. the beginning, like, you know, <laughs> since I was five, my parents told me, like, I'd, I'd go to computer stores and how do you turn this thing on? And I'd go, oh, look, just, you know, turn it on. Oh, you were that kid. <laughs> yeah, I was cool. that kid. I was, I was, yeah, I was the geek. I was the, yeah. I was the tech geek and I still am. And so. Um, I, I never was, although I can program in basic and had an Apple II. Right. Well, I, I think that qualifies you as a geek. Yeah, it yeah. does. It yeah. does. You no, know, we rear, rear the geek name proudly. It's, mm -hmm. it's, yeah. it's become cool. It's it become cool. It is yeah. cool. And so, you know, I used to do websites. I used to, you know, be connected, you know. Um, and, and when social media came around, I was like the first one to join all these networks. Were you on MySpace? I was on MySpace, yeah. Is your page still there? I'm sure it is. I was <laughs> just so wondering. Going. During the, the break, thing. I'm going in there to look for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I think it's great. And I thought it was great. And um, man, it's, I've, I've always been super connected. Um, but after I had kids and now, like, I'm getting cold to the idea. I just, I don't like it as much as I used to like it because mm. it just, it's so polarizing. You know, the people who you consider friends and family, I don't want to know this stuff about you. Like, just, you know, all of a sudden, all of a sudden I am a horrible person because I believe this one thing or I don't believe this one thing, right? And so we put right, people right. in a camp and over not, one post. They're not addressing it to me, but they are indirectly, right? Because I am in that post. You're, somebody's going to be in that in that category of people, right? So all mm -hmm. of a sudden, you're the bad guy. So right? if they say, yeah. I hate I hate those jerks who produce radio shows. Yeah. 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 They're not talking about me, right? <laughs> but they are. But indirectly they <laughs> yeah, are. Yeah, they are. Right, well, I never right, thought yeah. about that. Like, yeah. you don't know who you're addressing. Right. 
Yeah, I, yeah. I kind of give away the jack wagon award of the airport day sort of thing on online sometimes. It's like, oh, yeah. I can't believe this idiot. Yeah. And I kind of slowed down on that because, you know, I don't know, maybe somebody does that. I, mean, I gave an award out like, okay, this is the most <laughs> inconsiderate guy in the airport, the guy who wears flip-flops on the plane. I hate that. <laughs> like, don't put your bare yeah. feet in my space. <laughs> um, and then I thought, man, I wonder how many of my friends you do that. Offended. And I just offended. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, interesting perspective. I had somebody, um, you know, you know, one of my family members posted something recently, um, you know, and uh, it was it was a slightly hot button issue, and um, you know, it it definitely got some engagement, and mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, so you've got people on one side of the issue totally agreeing with this with this family member, and then people on the other side of the issue like totally disagreeing, but in both in mean ways. Mm-hmm. at each other but not directly at the person who posted it wow and uh meanwhile the people on both sides of the issues are dear friends and family and i'm like guys do you realize what kind of position this puts us in it's like be quiet stop you know like <laughs> like don't use my family member as your platform to snipe at each other like you know yeah because yeah. it's like all of a sudden i you're still my friend and family and you're still my friend and family on the other side of the issue, and yet you guys are fighting. What am I supposed to do with that? Uh, no, not anymore, Block. <laughs> yeah, yeah right? Point. Exactly. No, I've had to no, tell people to slow down because I have friends yeah, that I don't know that. each Just... other, and they go after each yeah. other. I talk to one person. Exactly. Uh, yeah, and yeah. so I, I should. Well, I want to talk a little bit about families and Christianity and social media and some of those things. And what we're going to do is take a little break because, well, we got to pay the bills. And we're going to take <laughs> okay. a little break. And actually, I want you to write down the information you're about to get because this is an incredible offer from The Voice of Prophecy. And we'll come right back, maybe with families and social media. All around us, the world is changing. Homes are being lost. Lives are being threatened. And some people are asking the question, does God even care about me? The Bible answers that question, and what it says is very encouraging. Find out what God says regarding this topic and some of life's greatest issues in our free Discover Bible Guides. You can get yours by going to VOP.com, click on Study, or call us at 888-456-7933. 888-456-7933. As you may know, the Voice of Prophecy is supported by people just like you. We provide Christ-centered programs and Bible studies free of charge so that no one is left out. If you've been blessed by these programs and would like to pay it forward, we invite you to visit VOP.com give to make your tax-deductible donation. We're equipping the world for Christ to come, and your support will make a direct impact on so many lives. That's VOP.com give. Break time is over, everybody. Wake up. Wake up. <laughs> it's time to come, too. I'm in studio. My name is, well, I'm obviously in studio. How else would I be on the radio? <laughs> well, I guess we could be out live in a parking lot at, like, a grand opening of a grocery store. Yeah. Know. Why don't we ever do that? That would be fun. Hey, cue the uh, grocery checkout uh, sound effects ream. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I, I don't know, but that might be fun. We get. What if we did that? We get opinions on religion. Was was set up in front of King Supers here. Kind of man on the street. Talk stuff? to the people at King. Yeah. King Supers is a local grocery chain. I know that sounds weird, but it's King Supers. S O O P. Super. Mm-hmm. Um, and we set up like we do radio on the road. Are we equipped Neat. for that even? No, uh, no, we no. could be. Yeah, yeah we could. all we need is someone to send a couple hundred thousand dollars so we can get a truck and totally. Yeah, <laughs> like that's I said, all it would take. take that much. No, just for now we just have to broadcast like this, 
and on social media. That's our topic today, Christians and the social media digital world. And uh, one of the reasons that I've hauled you in here, Ruben, is that you and I are kind of on different ends of the spectrum. And Well, no, you're not at the beginning of the spectrum anymore. Your kids are kind of halfway through the... But my kids are, I guess by the time this airs, one of them will be just about 20 and... Um, and the other one's 17. Your children are? Five and 10. Five and mm-hmm. 10. Mm-hmm. So now we got the whole spectrum. I mean, my kids grew up in a world that didn't know social media, except that Facebook was becoming popularized when my kids were little. But now yeah. your kids are born into a world where it just is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. exactly. Except you know that Facebook's for old folks. Yes, it is, apparently. <laughs> and sorry, Mark Zuckerberg. Words yeah. out. It's for grandparents. That's exactly right. Yeah, that's, that's the only the reason I have is. a... Yeah, that's, that's the only reason thing. I have a secret account there is just so that and you can never I will never accept your friend request on Facebook if you do happen to find me. It's just so that my parents can see pictures of the kids. That's yeah. that's why yeah. that exists. But yeah. what about raising kids in a digital world? Um, we you know, kids are more tech savvy than I was, although you admitted in this show that you started pretty mm-hmm. young. And yeah. so did I. Eighth grade, <laughs> I learned eighth grade. The school got an Apple II. Apple II. I don't even know if it was an Apple II plus. And uh, I was allowed to sit in there and learn BASIC. Remember BASIC? Yes, I do. Yeah. Line 10. I I remember being in seventh grade and we had computer class. And it was like, ooh, we have four computers in our school. I just really dated myself there. (laughs) My school got, yeah, they had an Apple or a Commodore 64, I think it was. Oh, yeah. No. Something like that. And, uh, you know, it had the big five and a half inch floppy disks. And we thought that was the coolest thing. Dude, when I started, they had a tape machine. (laughs) You would would record the program to tape. It took 20 minutes to save what you were doing. Uh, okay, but our kids, that's not the world they were in. I mean, no, everybody, it's, it's the fairly rare family that isn't connected in their home anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, although I see numbers that surprise me sometimes, the number of people that have no internet. Mm-hmm. Um, it does surprise me. I guess you're living at the end of, you know, rural root. Rural, yeah. I can't say rural root. Rural root. Rural root 82, Tongue you know, twister. and you're 20 miles out of town. But for the most part... Um, Let's talk about that. Let's talk about parenting in the digital world. Let's say now, you know, Ruben, you're at 10 years into parenting. We're in 19 years into parenting. What what would you guys say to brand new parents? They just got a brand new bouncing baby, boy or girl. And uh, what advice would you have for somebody that is about to enter the brave new world of connectivity? I would say slow down. For the kids, yeah. slow down. Wow. Um, they don't need the screens. They don't need the phones. They don't need the tablets. They don't. No. They don't. Um, you know, you can either go with your gut or you can go You can go with the science on this. The science proves that they don't. In fact, it's harmful for them. It's harmful for, for their brains. It's harmful for their learning. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, American Academy of Pediatrics says no. Like, How do just... you know this stuff off the top of your well, head, man? I'm like, <laughs> he's techie and he's I'm a parent. I'm and I'm a parent. <laughs> you know, you, they do a lot of research. No, you've done and some thinking about great. this. Yeah. So, what is, so it, what is it about screens that aren't good for a three-year-old? I mean, you know, so so we can talk about the, the, the medical science behind that, and that's, you know, the dopamine that it creates in the brain is a drug, mm. right? Oh, so it's a reward system. It's I a click reward this, system. I get a reward, and then you get addicted to yeah. the dopamine drug. Yeah, if you don't believe me, try it. Try it. Yeah. If, if, you know, parents out there, try it with your three-year-old, five-year-old for a day. Mm-hmm. Okay, don't try it, but try it for a day, <laughs> right? You know, stick them in front of a screen for, for a few hours, you know, and, and, and measure their behavior before and after. Right. Measure how, how willing they are to kind of, you know, do what they're told 
before and after. Um, see how easy it is to peel them off that screen. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so I talk, you know, anecdotally from observing my kids. Yeah. But, this, but the medical science says, you know, basically the same stuff, you know. I mean, if you just talk about dopamine. You know, but then there's the other thing of, you know, what's out there. Like, do I really, do they really need to be, like, taught to have the attention span of a goldfish? Because that's where our attention span is in, in North America right now, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, me? actually, goldfish has a better attention span. No, no joke. Wow. No joke. This yeah, is, well, the study's probably like four years old now, so I, yeah, it's, probably, it's probably not going to be not better. Get better. <laughs> you know, well, here, here's what I've observed. Yeah. You know yeah. that when, when Abraham Lincoln was running for office, they yeah. would gather for a political debate, mm-hmm. and Abraham Lincoln would get up and extemporaneously speak on a topic for two hours. Mm-hmm. And then his opponent would get up and speak for two hours, and the audience would stay through the whole, the whole thing, thing right? and listen to it and weigh the arguments. Yeah. Yeah. There's not an audience in the Western world today that could do that. And, right. and I bet you're right. I bet we're teaching our kids very early that an argument is 140 characters. Exactly. Exactly. And the other thing is that social media is representative of the, the, the world at large, the world around you. And it's not. Social media is 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 the is more and more it's the extremes right mm-hmm. it's the things that people in the past wouldn't say to each other in person but they can because social media is kind of anonymous it's kind of like indirectly passive aggressive right you can mm-hmm. be that on social media right mm-hmm. um yeah, i know gene, gene does that all the time <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. yeah i've Thanks. never i've never done that no. <laughs> <laughs> um and you know and and to me, you know, why do kids need to get that skewed sense of the world? Because eventually that becomes reality, right? That's if true. if if kids think this is reality, well, it becomes reality. And in my opinion, that's where the world will go. Um, and I think that's just not good for the, the greater good, right? It's not good for the world at large. Um, but kids just, they don't need that. You know, we... On the flip side, you know, um, it is a digital world. It is a connected world. So you do have to expose them to to connectivity, you know. And so, you know, and I started realizing that real fast. Like, my kid doesn't even know how to type yet, you know, and, and yet she's being expected to type up reports. So, so like, for us, the balance is finding enough exposure, right. but it's controlled, right? Really, learning yeah. to type yeah. already. Yeah. Yeah. I think I had to learn typing in the 12th grade because they wanted to send you to school, to no. college, yeah. able to use a typewriter. Our, our kids learned in fourth grade, so your your older daughter probably is starting to learn now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and in fact, you know, they're kind of looking for it around second grade now, at wow. least at least in my school. You know, it's not like being a fluent typer, but sure. we realize, like, we don't even have a computer at home. We have all tablets and devices and phones, and so you don't... You can't, oh. you're like, you don't know how to type on that, right? So does any kid learn True. penmanship anymore? They do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it depends on the school. Do it, yeah, right. It depends <laughs> yeah. on the school. Are we just typing and printing in block yeah. letters now? No. Yeah. Uh, handwriting's still there. But, it, I mean, it's degraded even. Yeah, With yes. every generation, it seems like the the quality of personal penmanship yeah. has gone downhill. So. No, it's our funny. Generation I, I asked too. our kids to read an analog clock, and they struggled for half a minute. We did teach them. They struggled <laughs> yeah. for half a minute. Right. And I was laughing. They said, well, Dad, you can't read a sundial. Well, actually, Dad can read a sundial. <laughs> <laughs> they picked the wrong one. I nailed them to the wall. I said, well, let's go outside. I'll show you. Yeah. I'll build one with a stick. <laughs> I had to learn that as a kid. Yeah, I think, you know, the screen time is an issue. I, I like what you said a moment ago, Ruben, is that 
kids grow up thinking that's the real world. And what's on social media is not the real world. And I think about that having young daughters a little mm-hmm. bit mm-hmm. and some of the issues that young women face. I, I wasn't aware of it growing up because I had just brothers, just a house full of dudes. And we don't really care what we look like. We don't <laughs> care what people think. People said, Sean, you're ugly. I'm thinking, yeah, that's probably true. But it's not that way for girls. And that's not real world. No. People sit there and they take 20 photos wondering which one they're going to put on Instagram. Is 20? the light right? right? Is the yeah. Oh, my. Before I've they taken choose one way to post. more than 20 no, no, for but, but for one to post. choose <laughs> yeah. between. So that's yeah, not the real exactly world. It's right. a manufactured reality. Yeah, really, yeah. And I don't know. Maybe I'm overreacting, but it seems to me that a young lady who is – and maybe young guys, too. I shouldn't be because – Problems like anorexia are showing up with young men now as yeah, well. Really? And yeah, they are. And mm-hmm. um, images become everything. And I'm not sure that's a healthy message too soon in life. Right. I mean, image matters, I suppose. You want to dress for the job mm-hmm. you're in. You want to dress neatly if you're a professional and you're trying to sell things. You want to, you know, image matters to a certain point. But but does it does it really important mm-hmm. to dress kids like models and pose for an Instagram right. shoot when you're eight? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. hashtag InstaPerfect. Yeah. Like, oh, is that a thing? Uh, I just made it a thing if it's oh, not. there you go. I'm sure it is. I'm sure I did not make Probably that up. Is. Oh, I'm going to well, post my worst photos under hashtag InstaPerfect. Insta well, and, and then, yes, there's there's that part of it. You're trying to put your best self forward yeah. on social media, and you're comparing yourself to all these other versions of reality that other people post. But then you also... You, you, like these um, young people are making themselves vulnerable when they do post and then they're watching obsessively to see how many likes they get and then if you don't get enough there's the dopamine hit there's the dopamine hit oh that's very true. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah. And and it's and then yeah. if you um I've had conversations with young people about this. If they don't get enough likes on a particular post, they delete it. You know, and so there's really? there mm-hmm. like it's hard to put yourself out there and then you feel judged by your peers if you don't get enough attention on a particular because, post. It's well, that's not healthy. very unhealthy. Mm-hmm. I uh, I think we can all agree. No, we should probably open the phone lines and let the kids call in at right? this point. You are yeah. antique dinosaurs. But I think you guys are absolutely <laughs> I think that's absolutely right. You don't put your worst foot forward on the. Although, can we ban the duck face thing? Oh, please! I think that yes is kind of dying off. Hopefully. Oh, what do you think? <laughs> I, I'm pretty good at. I look good in a duck face. Oh yeah, real cute. Yeah, I, I look good in a duck face. For those of you listening on the radio, oh, I just attempted funny. one. I think I kissed the microphone a little bit. You know, the other thing that bugs me a a lot is that I think you're teaching social isolation. And Mm -hmm. isolation and alienation Mm -hmm. are huge issues for young people. And ironically, social media, I think, teaches it. I think it absolutely drives it home. And that's a topic we may have to pick up again after the the break. But um, it isolates kids. Why Mm -hmm. do you think that is? What is it about it? I I mean, this is is science. This is they know that it creates negative relationships and a sense of isolation. How could that be? I'm connected to 800 people, but do I know any of them? Mm-hmm. Are there any genuine friendships there? Is that an authentic relationship? I don't know. Yeah. You guys, you both raising kids. What do you think? Yeah. Well, I think it it changes the dynamics of relationships. Um, people can have long, deep conversations on social media, mm-hmm. like by private message. I, I know our daughters have talked to us about this. But then you bump into that person in real life and you're like stumbling and stammering and you don't know how to talk. Yeah. So um, 
you know, it's harder for me to kind of wrap my head around all that because I didn't grow up in that. But our, our young people have grown up. This is the norm for them. And so it even though the the intent of the internet, of social media is to connect us, I think you're right, Sean. I think ultimately it's it's separated us from each other because that digital conversation can never replace a face-to-face conversation and a genuine relationship. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's yeah. probably accurate. Well, yeah. you've got... You've got younger kids. What do you think? I mean, it may not be manifesting yet. Oh, we're at 30 seconds to the break, and I'm about to launch a question (laughs) onto you. I'll tell you what I think. No, let's let's, let's hold that thought. I'm curious what you're thinking about that because, you know, at 10, uh, I think alienation and isolation starts to show up in the way that a kid deals with the world world maybe a little bit later in life. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But the problem takes root pretty darn early, I think. Mm -hmm. And so, well, let's take a little break. um, We've got some incredible offers from The Voice of Prophecy for you. Grab a pen and paper. You want to write these down because we we just hit the most amazing things. So listen to this, and we'll come right back with Christians and Social Media. Disclosure is just one of the programs brought to you by the Voice of Prophecy, like the audio adventure program Discovery Mountain. Discovery Mountain is a weekly Bible-based program for kids of all ages and backgrounds. Your family will enjoy faith-building stories with Jake Donovan, (laughs) Mr. Simon, and others in this small mountain town. Each summer, campers visit Discovery Mountain, where they sing songs, learn about God, and reenact a Bible story with the help of drama teachers, Miss Wendy and Miss Tamara. With 24 full episodes every year and programming every week, your family will have something uplifting to listen to every week. Listen to episodes on demand and watch video features from Director Doug at discoverymountain.com or on your favorite podcast platform. That's discoverymountain.com. rounded second base and we are headed to third i don't know why i always default to sports analogies i'm not really a i'm not even really a sports guy i'm not am i no you're not no except i remember one time after having my wisdom teeth pulled uh i came to and i went home and i watched golf on tv Whoa. And golf is the most, yeah, but uh, but that was actually my that response because I was coming out from a general anesthetic <laughs> and I was watching the golf ball go through the sky and thinking, whoa. <laughs> you, know, my, you know, I have to tell a story on my, my dad. My dad will set his alarm to get up in the middle of the night to watch a golf tournament like in Australia. No I don't understand that at all. It's not very exciting TV. I don't know. Yeah. Unless you're just coming to on a general anesthetic. Yeah. That's about all I can handle. Look at the pretty ball. Yeah. Yeah. Talking about social media and some of the problems that it creates, I think we've identified. Look, it's not the real world, and it does tend to generate feelings of isolation and alienation among young people, oddly enough. You're connected Mm -hmm. to more people, but you don't have as many genuine connections as you would in a real relationship. I think we can identify. I think one of the other problems, as the father of daughters, is the number of creeps that are out there. I've mentioned this in other shows, but I have caught 
older guys, and I'm talking in their early to mid-20s, talking to my 14-year-old daughter, mm -hmm. and I shut that down like nobody's oh, business. Yeah. So instantly. So here's the question, though. Here's the question. You know, when I see that, I just want to shut it all down. No social media. I know what the risks are. No social media for my kids. That temptation is there. Mm -hmm. Is that something Christians ought to consider? And I, I want to preface this question a little bit by saying, your kids are your kids. Don't take formulas mm -hmm. from people. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I hear preachers get up and say, none of this for any of you. Right. And I, I don't know. You're the parent. You know mm -hmm. that child, and God has put you in that place to guide that child to adulthood. Mm -hmm. You know them better than anybody else. But social media, okay, it's not great to put them in front of a screen room, and you mentioned that when they're three years old, but do we just keep them from that world? Well, I mean, notice I said slow down, right? I didn't yeah. say stop. And so, no. I mean, I think you can go to the extreme on anything. And, mm -hmm. and it is the world. It is real. It's reality. And so, I mean, if by that kind of philosophy, where would we be today? You know, if, if, if I just cut my kids off from the latest thing that's not, that can be abused or might not be good for them, um, I don't know what, I, 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 that's not the answer either. I think somewhere there's middle ground. I think there's a, there's a happy medium, you know, um, you know, I think depending on their age, there obviously needs to be some controls and monitoring and rate. Um, but at the end of the day, I think, you know, I think so. So sticking a kid in front of a screen, social media, you know, um, OK, full opinion here. Yeah, no, could, be, could yeah. be, you know, seen as lazy parenting. Sure. I've done it. Oh, I'm yeah. going to admit. Right. I, oh, I got to do this. guys. Yeah. Go ahead and watch YouTube. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just being fully. No, there's two groups of parents. The parents who admit they've done that and the rest that are lying. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. It's right. It's, but you know what's also lazy parenting is just cutting them off from everything, right? Instead yeah. of what's hard is to actually – can I just – I'm probably going to make people mad here. But no, go for it. Can, what's hard is being a parent. Address your complaints yes. to yes. Ruben yes. Gomez, yes. Box yeah. 999, love, love. But go ahead, say it. What's hard in this world is be a parent. Yeah. Being a parent means – you don't let them sit in front of the screen all day, but you don't cut them off either because either way, it's kind of taking the work out of it. You yeah. don't have to be a parent. Interesting. That's right? true. Yep. That's true. Um, yep. It's that's, lazy. Again, full opinion. But just, just. Well, no, here, here's but, where I kind of sit on this yeah. one, and I've said this in other programs, but is my job as a parent to teach prohibition or to teach right. discernment? Yes. yes. Thank you. Yes. And, exactly. And, you know, I, I remember there was this event some time ago, and a preacher showed up, and he was preaching to a group. It was somewhere else in the country. I wasn't there. And he apparently picked out some popular book, and no, it wasn't uh, Harry Potter, but it was some <laughs> book that's fairly popular in English literature, and said, no Christian parent will ever let their child read this ever. And a parent was thinking about mm. that and actually called me. What do you think, Sean? I said, well, what I think isn't really matter. You are the parent. You're the one God has put in their life, not mm -hmm. that preacher, not me. Mm -hmm. You know what your child is capable of reading. But I would ask this question. How did that preacher know what was in that book? <laughs> right? <laughs> the preacher read it. Right. Yeah. So the preacher has learned discernment. And I think your job as a parent is to decide when it's time to teach your child to discern those mm -hmm. things. Right. And I can't make right. that call for you. So I remember when our youngest came to me, exactly. I want to watch this movie. And I looked at the movie thinking, all right, that doesn't exactly promote Christian values, but it's not raunchy and it's not, you know, it's not, it doesn't have it's not sex. Over the top. And, yeah, it's yeah. not over the top, mm -hmm. but it has a worldview I don't agree with. Mm -hmm. And I thought my first reaction was, no, we don't watch that. And then I assessed it. I thought, no, here's a better approach, I think. Go ahead. 
and watch it. But take notes. And when we are done, and I'm going to be there with you because and she you was young. With her. I watched it with her. Uh-huh. I want you to tell me what is different about the way Christians see the world and what you saw in that movie. And again, there was nothing raunchy. There was nothing over the top. And and you need to relate. This is not advice for everybody, but. Mm-hmm. I wanted her, and at the end, she made observations. Jesus would never teach this, and we don't believe that. And I thought, okay, now we're learning to look at the world with a filter instead of no, no, no. And my fear is, if it's no, 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 I've seen those kids, they get nothing but no's, and the day they turn 18 or move out of the house, they're all over the world because it's been the forbidden fruit, Mm -hmm. and now you are no longer there to teach discernment. It's just an open field. Well, and, Mm -hmm. and they're not equipped to make good choices. I really appreciate appreciate what Ruben said that, you know, it's so much easier to say no than to Mm -hmm. do what you did, Sean, which is you probably didn't have an hour and a half or two hours to sit down to watch that with her and discuss it after. It would have been easier for you to to just say no. It was a terrible film. Yeah. (laughs) But (laughs) I mean, not terrible morally. It was just bad. Right. But you you engaged and it does take time to parent and to parent well. Um, None of us does it perfectly. We all mess up all the time. But it takes time and it's it's an investment. And uh, and I think Finding that balance at different ages and being able to learn and shift as your kids get older is important. Here's a practical example. Um, As our daughters were entering academy, it was right at the time, high school, when schools were switching from paper textbooks to iPad learning. Bad which move, everybody. I have a lot just of my, opinions just my about that. Mind. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I old enough. Prefer, I want dead trees. I, I prefer paper books for learning, too. But I, I, yeah. I, yeah. I understand some of why they went to yeah. iPads. But um, but what I noticed was we had, we had created those age-appropriate um, uh, strategies and given them exposure to screens, etc. And so they transitioned fine to using an iPad. But some of their friends had grown up with in families where it was no, 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 no. And they their academics suffered because they didn't even know how to use an iPad. Now, so, you know, those practical things, we have to realize that these technologies are part of education, whether we like it or not. <laughs> They're part of the workforce. And so, Giving safe exposure at different age levels, I think, is is a positive thing ultimately. Yeah, you, you don't want to turn your kids out incapable of dealing with the reality of the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet, at the same time, you better be there teaching them what the reality of the world is and right. that Instagram is not reality. Yeah, It's not Absolutely. reality. Let's, let, it's too easy to pick on our kids. Our kids are just about out of the house. We're just about back to empty nest where I can... Almost. Yeah, I can, streak, I can streak from the shower to my dresser and not wonder, is the door open? Or do they have their friends over? Because you just right. don't want to see your dad in his underwear yeah, no. when your friends are Please. over. Um, <laughs> So we're shifting to empty nest, and and it's going to come on you faster than you suspect, Ruben. Um, But let's talk about, I mean, it's easy to pick on kids, you know, but um, let's talk about social media and and you um, a little bit. Um, Why is social media important to you guys personally now, apart from being a a father and a mother and and a parent? uh, What about you? What role is it? I mean, as a Christian, what role does it play in your life? How do you use it? What what concerns do you have? Hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, social media is is a tool. Um, it's you know, like television's a tool, radio's a tool, right? It's a way mm-hmm. of getting a message out there, um, you know. And I think, done appropriately, it can be effective, um, you know. Um, so as a Christian, you know, I mean, everybody's really good at expressing their opinions, um, you know. And 
why shouldn't I express my opinions or my thoughts or share what I think, you know, is a wholesome kind of Christian value or thought or, you know, uh, you know, so it's, it's, to me, I see it as a tool. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, you know, I, I do have the discernment to know that it's, it's not representative of reality. Um, mm-hmm. and it's a megaphone, so there's no filter, right? There's nobody, there's no gatekeeper, like in a news organization where you have an editor saying, no, that's, 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 that seems a little off. We're not going to put that out there, you know, whereas social media, you can put whatever out there and it, it becomes truth, right? If, mm-hmm. if enough people say it's truth, it's truth. Um, yeah. And we do live in a world where we speak of truthiness instead of truth. That's exactly right. Is it truthiness. true for you? Yeah, yeah. Is it true for you? Right. But so I have that discernment. Um, but I also know that it's it's just a tool for me. And, and you know, if I see something that needs to be said, um, I tend to say it, you know. Yeah. So. <laughs> so, do, so do I. You can go find my Twitter feed. I have many regrets. Yeah. It's the hall of regrets, my Twitter feed. <laughs> um, it, it is. And uh, I don't know. I use it as a social life, which is sad. I mean, yeah. I'll admit that that's sad. But my life is such that it's usually a 70, 80, 90-hour work week, and so my social life is 2 a.m. on Twitter. You know, who in the world is awake and so on. Mm-hmm. As, mm-hmm. as our kids are growing up, Gene, and leaving, I'm thinking, mm-hmm. ooh, I like this because I can creep what's going on in their lives. I can oh, sort yeah. of stay on top of it. And I, as a father, can, can become completely aware of any young man that shows <laughs> any interest <laughs> in my daughter, and yeah. uh, I do creep them. I do, yeah. guys. Yeah. Sorry, I'll find you. Um, and I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. No, I will. Giving Reuben future ideas. Oh yeah, no, no. With his two daughters. Hold on. Where's my pen? Oh no. Yeah. I am paying attention. When they were younger, paying attention because of the problem Safety. men in the world, yeah. the yeah. the yeah, yeah. the, the pedophiles yeah. and so on. Uh, but right now, I'm watching it, thinking I'm pretty good at figuring out if you're a loser. <laughs> Or a man boy who never grew up, or if you're going to be good for my daughter, man boy. No, there is, there seems to be an issue where we grow up later in life than we used to. It used to be out the door at 18, you better know how to work. Sure. Um, That seems to shift. And adolescence has expanded. So I'm I'm creeping for that kind of stuff. I just am. And I did find it interesting. Sorry, kids, you're going to find out. I've been creeping your social media your whole lives. I find it fascinating the way they see the world when they don't think I'm there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do too. I do too. And you know, I am um, talking about which different platforms we're on. I had a Snapchat account for I don't know a couple months just so I could see what the kids were doing on Snapchat. But um, I quickly abandoned that because I just can't keep up with all that stuff. But what I realized was they knew I was on there, so they just know how to filter. So yeah. I don't see everything. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, they're they're smart. They're you smart. You can see everybody who sees your stories, right? So yeah. oh, you can. Oh, I'm in a block. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. My stories. Yeah. Or you can post private stories. You can, exactly. And Instagram's <laughs> the same way. Like, Oh, um, I don't even like the sound of private stories. Now I want to see my kids' Oh, no, phones. no. I just can do that. John's going to start with a every Snapchat. platform out there now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Instagram just started this thing where you can do your stories only to close, close friends. friends. Mm-hmm. And so Natalie, who's very sweet and doesn't try to hide anything, she added me to her close stories on Instagram. But then I'm like, Naomi, you don't have a close stories. And she said, uh, yeah, I do. You're just not on it, Mom. <laughs> yeah, no, that sounds like She's our thanks. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm not on either yeah. now. Now I'm feeling a little wounded. Right. <laughs> no, I actually don't care if I'm on Snapchat. I just don't care. Uh, well, I'm not on there anymore. Definitely yeah. not. It was just too much to we're, keep up. We're coming up against a hard break here in a couple of seconds. Let me throw this thought in there, though. One mm-hmm. thing I do like is when I'm creeping my kids on social media and I see their Christian faith come out. Yes. And I see them actually living their faith mm-hmm. and it tells me, oh, they own it. 
This is not yeah. mom and dad's faith. They love Jesus, yep. and this is their comment. And you on see that. them encouraging other people. That's yeah, exactly. Really cool. So that yeah. that's been a big plus and a reward. We're going to take a break, and I'm going to talk a little bit more about social media. We're going to run out of time again today, but right after this, we'll come back and finish with Christians and social media. Retirement planning can be a stressful process, but it doesn't have to be. The friendly people at The Voice of Prophecy can walk you through the entire process and explain all of your options based on your specific needs. Whether you'd like to set up a trust for income or make a gift that will benefit your loved ones and change lives through The Voice of Prophecy, we're here to help. To learn more, call 1-800-348-5993. Earthquakes, tornadoes, wildfires. Around us, homes are being lost, lives are threatened, and some people are asking the question, does God even care about me? The Bible answers that question, and what it says is very encouraging. Find out what God says regarding this topic and some of life's greatest issues in our free Discover Bible Guides. Go to VOP.com and click on Study, or call us 888-456-7933. It is time for the fourth and final segment of today's episode of Disclosure. Amazing, unbelievable talk radio brought to you by the good people at The Voice of Prophecy. And uh, there you go. How was that for a plug for what we do? That was good. That was a little self-aggrandizing, though, wasn't it? (laughs) Sounded great, though. Yeah, I'm not convinced we're the best on radio, (laughs) but we're at least in the top million. We are at least in the top million broadcasts out there. (laughs) At least. Let me do, actually, I wasn't going to do this, and I just changed my mind during the break, but let's put on our tinfoil hats for a moment. Uh Let's talk social media, and I don't know, the reason I'm doing this actually is for scriptural reasons. I see this scenario in the book of Revelation that's going to come one day Mm -hmm. where you're controlled, what you buy and sell, what you're allowed to say, and honestly, I, I do believe that Christians get pinned way more often in the Western world on social media than other people mm-hmm. were mocked. And and that's nothing new. Yeah. People have been mocking Christians since the beginning. I remember, was it second or third century, they found graffiti that showed a donkey on a cross, and it said, Alexander worships his God. Ooh. And Ooh. and and so people have been mocking Christians that way. Sure. I think that Facebook just amplifies it. But we have this scenario coming where there will be more and more control, more and more top-down government, yeah. that kind of thing. And I know for a fact that certain things get censored more often than others on Twitter and so on. So if I come out with a Christian opinion, I'm more likely to face Twitter jail than someone who comes out with an atheist opinion. It just mm-hmm. seems to me that that's the case. I don't feel persecuted. I'm not here to say someone should force Twitter to change because it's privately owned. Right. That's not my point. But one of the things that does bother me, remember you and I were making beds one day, and I mentioned some obscure product that I had never mentioned in my <laughs> life, and the phone is sitting there charging, and two minutes later I get an ad for it in my Facebook feed. And I know Mark Zuckerberg says they don't do that. I know they're arguing up and down, but remember when I said to Natalie, she came home and said, man, I, I've been stuffy. She had a bit of a sinus thing, and I said, man, you need a CPAP machine. Five minutes later, ads for CPAP machines <laughs> yeah. on Facebook. And it wasn't that you had Googled it and researched it. The only uh, the only instance of it coming up was verbal conversation. Yeah, and so I, I don't know. Is that, am I wearing a tinfoil hat or does that happen? <sighs> yeah, you don't want to say I don't it. know. <laughs> Has it happened to you? Does it appear to – is it just because we said it now we notice it? I don't know. I, you know, I tend I to think it's 
it's the latter more often than not. But again, I'm not necessarily, you know, I, I come, I, I've been an early adopter of all of this stuff. Right. I mean, you know, the, the minute smart speakers came up, we have a hundred in our house now. It's like, they're all over the place. <laughs> you know, you have an Alexa cameras. We have Google. Oh, you well, maybe I shouldn't say which one I have. Yeah, no, but, but yeah. you don't have an Alexa, so you I didn't hear the laughter yeah. at two a.m. No, no. I mean, our our sprinklers are automated. No. Our, yeah. Oh, our, get out. Our thermostats on the internet. You know, we have cameras at the door. Oh, so, like, you if know. I got your phone, so, I could I could like yeah. cook your family right now. I could, you could. pump it up to ninety. Yeah. Put you, on the heat. You, and, you definitely and, could. Yeah. Yeah. My bird would drop dead first. <laughs> That's why you get the a bird. Yeah, I get a bird. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I don't know. Here's what I wonder about. You know, you're creating a trail of everything. And is there going to come a time where you're going to regret leaving that trail behind? Mm -hmm. It's interesting. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that. Yeah, I have a healthy dose of skepticism for these big corporations that are, you know, purely ad driven. Right. Right. So don't get me wrong. I'm not like, you know, endorsing them. Um, Yeah, I think I think it's scary what they know about you. Go into your Facebook settings and find out. Just just click through the ad settings, and they will tell you what political leaning they think you are, what religion they think you are. What really? uh, I didn't actually know yeah, that. Really, oh. mm-hmm. that'd be. And you can funny. go in there. You can you can control that. You it's it's just you got to dig. Here's hmm. what my yeah. prayer would be: is that just if it ever posts. came down to yeah. you know a world where I I'm standing on trial for being a Christian, yeah. I would love for there to be enough evidence <clears throat> in my social media feed <laughs> to convict me. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I want to be guilty. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd yeah. like to be guilty of, of loving Jesus. I'm, yeah. I've got no issue with that. All right, let's talk about hmm. trolls a, a little bit because Christians and trolls. You know, you mentioned it. You know, you get friends that go at each other. So they're not even trolls. Right. Um, no. How do you handle people who get out of control on your social media feed? I mean, you here we are. We're supposed to represent Christ in this world and so on. Uh, but I've had people who don't seem to have much common sense. I'm talking to a friend who doesn't yeah. happen to be a Christian, and someone who is a Christian jumps in and starts lambasting them for something they said and destroys what chance I had at sharing my faith. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. What do you do? Do you, do you block people? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. No, they can't see you yeah. nodding your head, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know who was going to talk. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I have blocked people uh, extremely rarely. Yes. But here's, here's the thing. It is social media. That's right. It's social. And I am there as a private citizen. And I feel like I have the right if someone is doing what you just described as the perfect example, where I feel like they are causing damage, then I will block them. And it's it's extremely rare that mm-hmm. I've had to do that personally. Um, I, I think I mentioned the last time we sat down and talked to, about social media, I got rid of my Facebook account, my main Facebook account. I have a tiny private one, as you mentioned, that's just for my family members. Um, and so that's how I handled that. I just got, I just removed myself from Facebook, basically. Yeah. Um, and do you feel good when you have to do that? No. No, it's not ideal, but I think it's okay to do that. Mm-hmm. It is. It's it's okay. Just like in real life, it's okay to set boundaries. Yes. It's okay to end right. friendships when those friendships become negative. It's okay to do all these things. Right. Yeah. yeah although there's yeah. a little bit of guilt that goes with it, Absolutely. isn't there? Absolutely. It's like, but I'm supposed to be a witness for Jesus, and I just turned them off. Yeah. Do you ever feel that guilt? Oh, yeah. I don't know. Do you block people, Ruben? I have. Yeah, did you block me? Wait a minute. Oh, well. <laughs> I, don't know. I just got blocked. I just got blocked. I don't know. Do you block them? Um, rarely. Rarely. Yeah. So so I will, you know, I agree. Boundaries are important. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Um, 
I have boundaries and mm -hmm. um, there are boundaries that you can't cross. You cross those boundaries, you're going to get blocked. You're going to get, you know, you're, but here's the thing. My, again, you talked about it being rare. You know, mm -hmm. I think, I think it's rare for me too. If I'm blocking you on social media, I'm probably defriending you in real life. Yeah. Right. It's got to be like that mm -hmm. because oh, wow. yeah, it's, it, here's what I, I do do every once in a while. And this is more of a me issue than it is. A you issue, right? Sometimes things bother me more than they should, okay. right? And I'll start thinking too much about it. I'm like, man, that post really just got under my skin, right? <laughs> and so I will snooze that person on Facebook or whatever for 30 days. Oh, But that's a me issue. I because, didn't even know you could do yeah, that. You can. Yeah, you can. You can. Yeah. Again, that's probably a me issue because in the moment, I just, it's bothering me more than it should, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I won't block that person, but but I don't want to have the kind of animus that I have towards that person as a result of that post. Wow. Because I know in real life, we're okay, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Um so I've done that more frequently than I've blocked people. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, I've, had... I've gotten blocked a lot. <laughs> have you right? I know I have. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That, you know, the, the snooze feature yeah. is really nice because mm -hmm. no one knows that right. you blocked them. But I've done that before, too, mm -hmm. where um, things are, like, affecting me and I'm yeah. thinking too much about them. Exactly. And I'm just like, I just, I don't need to be thinking about this mm -hmm. stuff. And so you just make it go away for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> it wow. kind of gives you that mental well, I, I'm going to have to be looking space, at that. Right? After mm -hmm. the show's over, guess what I'm doing? And I'm going in yeah, and you're snoozing, going snoozing both everybody. of you. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to snooze everybody. I don't know. Sometimes I think you probably should John, unplug completely for 30 days, take a little fast from the I, And I've done that. Mm -hmm. I've done social yeah, media Yeah, it irritated fast. me because you weren't there when I wanted to show you something. Right. right? I know, I know, I know. But, but I always, I, before I do a social media fast, I always tell you you and the girls, Sean, I'm like, if something really interesting happens, just show it to me on your phone. Yeah. You know, I went probably two or three months, maybe more this year without the Facebook app on my phone. Hmm. So I still accessed Facebook periodically, but I had to do it through my browser, which is a Slower. little bit more cumbersome. Yep. So you'll do and it less often. it felt often. great. Yeah. I mean, my, my mood, there's actually, you know, I like talking about studies, but there is scientific studies that actually like back that. That's a real thing. You know, social media depresses people, pulls yeah. people down and... You know, and, and I realized that that was happening to me far too often. Like, I, these things were just bothering me more than they should. Right. And I was like, okay, for my sanity, I'm pulling myself back. Yeah. And yeah. I did. And so it, it yeah. gives you a better frame of reference for yeah, the world. And, exactly. You know. mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, because that's right. I find myself getting I find myself getting worked up about things I shouldn't get worked right. up about. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, mm -hmm. is this the way I want to live? I, yeah. I block people, though, because they if they jump on one of my friends oh, yeah. and they're irrational, first I'll DM Mm -hmm. direct message them if you're over 80 <laughs> and um and i'll say hey that was out of hand but i remember one lady i did that and then she went public uh, that yeah with our it conversation was, and i just i finally just blocked her and she yeah. was abusive and manipulative and she started sending notes to the office saying oh, how am i not supposed to feel bitter against your ministry i think sometimes that if you just put up with bad behavior yeah. you're enabling people and it doesn't mm -hmm. hurt for them to realize yeah. there's a line over which you can't go mm -hmm. and i'm not going to let you go over it in my world mm -hmm. i mm -hmm. just wonder blocking means sometimes not enabling people mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and to that person oh no sorry. go ahead ruin <laughs> to that person or people who 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 do what you just explained i would challenge you if you know if if, if you know if you find yourself in that position look real carefully because it's usually not the other person. It's you. It's it's a you issue. There's something deep down that is bothering you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's this thing called transference. You're just, you're, you're projecting that on other people. So if you feel bitterness, that's not Sean's fault. No. That's not, 
you got to look at yourself. Yeah. Yep. That's good advice. No, I'd agree. Yeah. That's good advice. Well, we're all Christians yeah. around this table. We make a habit of studying the life and ministry of Jesus a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so, quick question. I mean, and this is, this is, there's no right answer, I guess, but in your imagination, in your sanctified, biblically informed imagination, do you suppose <laughs> Jesus, if he had come to earth now instead of 2,000 years ago, would he have been podcasting? Would he have been using Twitter? <laughs> you laugh, but I mean that. That's a good question. Because if, if I'm trying to follow in the footsteps of Jesus, I want to think about the question like that. How would yeah. he use Twitter and would he? Right, I don't know. Do you right. think he would? Hashtag Sermon on the Mount podcast. Or... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Hashtag Love Your Neighbor. You know. Yeah. I, I think we can debate this, and obviously, yeah, there, we it's don't know. Theoretical, don't know. Obviously. <laughs> well, if someone would have asked me, I, I don't know if I should say this, but I'm just going to say this. If someone would have asked me five or six years ago if the president would be using Twitter, I would have said, Yeah, I don't think so. Uh-huh. But our our current president uses Twitter. He uses it. <laughs> oh, a the last the last the last few have used it. Yeah, well, the, yeah, the last one used it too. Probably not as much. Mm-hmm. But um, would Jesus use it? You know, I I believe Jesus' goal when he was on the earth was to connect with people in real practical ways that mm-hmm. they could understand. Look at his parables; they were very very practical. Mm-hmm. And I do think he would have used whatever platform was available. But here's here's where I don't think he would have used it because. I know for me as a Christian, this has this has been a, a struggle at different times. I sit down in the same place at our kitchen table to have my devotions every morning. Yeah, I know, and, and I don't go anywhere near that spot. Sometimes at that time you of do, day. and you just like lean in and look at me. Yeah. But um, the, occasionally, I have taken my phone with me to that spot, and something has happened where I have looked at social media, and before I know it, my worship time is over, and I have not even opened my Bible. All mm-hmm. I've done is stare at my phone, mm-hmm. and that is where. We are responsible for our time, stewards no. of our time, and Jesus wouldn't have gone down that road. Reuben, would would Jesus use Twitter? Whoa, that's a point. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and you have I don't ninety know. seconds. Oh man, mm-hmm. you know, like I, I mean, here's the thing. I, I'm going to answer that without answering. I think, and that's uh, uh, you big chicken. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Proudly, um, <laughs> you know, I don't know. I mean, again, I agree with you. You know, Jesus connected with people where they were, mm-hmm. right? As a ministry, Voice of Prophecy, we try to connect with people where they are. We're active on social media. We're active on podcasting. We're active on TV and sure. radio, right? Um, and I think, I think, you know, I think that's what Jesus wants us to do. It's hard for me to say that Jesus would be on Twitter. I don't know because I, you know, it's it's a little bit of an uh, uncomfortable position for me. <laughs> yeah, I don't know right? actually. I know, I know, and we don't what have do time to resolve it, but. I don't know. I don't think so. Personally, I don't think so. There yeah. were okay. forms available for public communication. There were theaters. Jesus never booked one. That's true. You yeah, could that's hang true. public notices in the forum, in the marketplace. Yeah. We don't have a record of Jesus doing that. We have a that's lot true. of record of Jesus interacting with people personally. That's very true. Yeah. Um, he was so, all about relationships. I don't know. I'm not sure yeah. that it would be true, but um, here here we are. It's there, and Christians are exploring it. I, I want to thank you guys for taking a little time. I don't know that we provided any answers for anybody, but I think it's important for Christians to consider the world we live in and, and what what our witness looks like in those avenues. So um, both of you are working on another season soon of Discovery Mountain. So go to discoverymountain.com to learn more of what Reuben and Jean are up to. And as for me, it's time to sign off. Until next time, I'm Sean Boonstra. Mm-hmm.